What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Happy Skews Day to you. It's November 7th, election night, 2023. I'm Trey Crowder. That's Mark Agee. What's up, Mark? How you feeling over there? Yeah, bud. Uh, pretty good. Um, it's election night and like, you know, a bunch of city statewide elections, uh, in a, uh, you know, off your stuff here in the United States. A uh, couple uh, Dave Weigel, who writes for Semaphore, put out this handy guide to the narrative takeaways tonight, however things go. They say the first way it goes is uh, Republicans flip the Kentucky governorship and Virginia Senate and the takeaway will be Biden must resign. And the Democrats, the new Whig party, all dead. Uh, number two, the Dem holds the Virginia Senate, but at Mississippi governorship goes to the runoff, in which case that's the end of MAGA. Socialism is here to stay. And the third is Dem holds the Kentucky governor and lose Virginia Senate. And that's like, hey, you know, uh, America's a land of contrast. What are you going to do? Uh, so I don't know. But yeah, what's your somehow, call? Uh, well, some outlets have already called the Kentucky governorship for Democrat Andy Bashir, so uh, that's good. Last time I checked the vote totals, uh, with uh, 56% vo- of the votes in, he's still leading 53 to 47. Daniel Cameron, get fucked. Uh, one of the most cynical operators, co- cover up Breonna Taylor's murder. I uh, hate this guy. I hope he loses by a lot and leaves politics forever embarrassed. So that's an uplifting result so far, if it holds. Um, we'll yeah. Back in on a little bit. That's the only one we have so far, right? That's the only one of these yeah. uh, elections that we're talking about that's been called at yeah. this point. Mississippi's most populous county, the uh, uh, the mm-hmm. lower, with the largest black population, somehow yeah. ran out of votes, of ballots. Yeah. How, how does Jackson. this keep happening? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's always <laughs> always some shit like that. And it looks particularly egregious when it's like, yeah, a place that's 83% black or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Seems like it's yeah. always, it, that type of thing never happens in like, you know, <laughs> uh, a, a white, predominantly white district or, you know, no. just a super red one. So, yeah, we'll check on that a little bit. But like, I haven't seen any vote totals coming from that yet. There are lawyers are running to the judge to keep polls open in, that, in whatever county Jackson's in. So uh, we'll see how that goes a little bit. A couple things before we get to the show. Uh, we haven't talked about NFTs in a little bit because everything mm-hmm. collapsed, but there's still a few yeah. people holding out, you know, like, you know, the Je- those Japanese soldiers that didn't, didn't surrender to the 1970s. Correct. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> there was a big uh, gathering in Japan this week where a bunch of people went to, you know, show their JPEGs, their apes or whatever. And they had a big LED screen that they were uh, conducting the show uh, from. And they used UV lights for this thing. And a bunch of the attendees had to go to the hospital with burned retinas because they were essentially looking at the sun for <laughs> yeah, half a day. Right. I mean, what? why Why is it even an option to use UV lights for that type of display? And why would you do that in the first? It really makes the apes pop. Is that what it was? Like <laughs> The color of the apes really pop. You can't really appreciate the, the artistry on display if you don't have uh, UV light set up or something yeah uh, I, had, I had no idea this was even still a thing frankly um yeah uh this whole thing collapsed so fast i can't believe anyone still thinks has any merit to it you know the uh the, the leading face of uh progressive face of crypto if there is such a thing sam backman freed's not going to spend most of the rest of his life in prison as of last week so uh all these people are just uh i'm not sure what planet they're on but uh speaking of our hilarious and deadly dystopia uh <laughs> Let me read this headline to you. How Israel shot down a ballistic missile in space for the first time. So we had our first space war. Nice. Uh, space battle. Yeah. Uh, and against all odds, uh, Yemen was involved. Uh, <laughs> the Houthi yeah. rebels in Yemen launched a missile at Israel that, that Israel shot down from space. 
And if you want to know one of the reasons we need a fucking ceasefire on this thing, so this shit doesn't keep spiraling out of control, is we have a space war with Yemen going on. If you'd give me a thousand guesses for who was involved in the first ever space battle, I probably would have guessed Luxembourg before Yemen, <laughs> <laughs> Madagascar. I don't fucking yeah. know. Yeah, uh, how the Houthi rebels in Yemen even get a rocket into space? Like, is it? Uh, I guess that, that's where rocket technology is yeah. at now. It's more accessible, more accessible. These space rockets. Yeah. Um, I've been waiting. Elon on... Musk of the Houthis over there just fucking uh, getting. Yeah. It's like, you know, you know how uh, uh, Tony Stark built the first Iron Man suit in the cave in the dark? It's With like a box of, of scraps. Yeah. Yeah. Famously, <laughs> everybody knows it. Uh, mm. When I used to work for the DOE, I did interagency agreements. So, like little mini contracts between the DOE and other agencies. And I remember getting one on my desk one time that was. The something, something like blank and space warfare center. And I remember being like, fucking space warfare. This is like 2011 or whatever. I had no idea that that was even on the dock. It's way before Space Force. And I, yeah. you know, I got pretty fired up. I don't know what those people were doing at that. You know, there's so many like little agencies that people don't even know exist. They're like tiny and super obscure and whatnot all across various uh, yeah. larger departments and whatnot. So I think I uh, I might have mentioned this in the show before, but one of my old day jobs, yeah, I worked for an executive headhunter firm here in Los Angeles for when I first moved here before I got into TV writing. And uh, you read these resumes from execs all day. And it was like a like a guy I worked for defense contractors who used to be in the in the Navy, and he had the coolest job title I've ever heard of in my life. It was a U.S. Pacific Fleet uh, Dolphin Commander. And nice. I was like, Hell yeah! Yeah, <laughs> I saw. This isn't as badass, but I remember seeing in an article once about like some fast food expose or something. They had a response from McDonald's vice president of cheeseburgers. And that was always one of my, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hell that's yeah. a dream job right there. Yeah. That's you got to be in the C-suite, buddy. Might as well be the VP of cheeseburgers. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's get into it. Producer Matt is with us as always. We'll be joined later by Travis Irvine, longtime denizen of the SKU universe, certified politics junkie and Ohio boy. You may remember him from a few weeks ago when Mark was out. Uh, I say a few, not that long ago, Travis sent in for Mark. He'll be back tonight to talk about Ohio and the other results with us a little later. Before we continue, though, I do need to let you know a few uh, items of business as usual. Number one, if you'd like to see me perform live, go to TreyCrowder.com. Check out the upcoming dates. Get your tickets. I know I say this every week, but we are literally currently in the process of adding those 2024 dates to the website. But the rest of this year, I got Chicago, San Francisco, Northwest Arkansas, and Nashville, Tennessee. Homecoming shows at Thaney's Christmas time. Always fun. I'll be with Corey and Drew, as per usual, in Nashville. But uh, wherever you're at, come and see me, TreyCrowder.com. Also on the website, there's a link to me and Corey's book, Round Here and Over Yonder. It's a comedic travel guide. Very funny. We're pretty proud of it, and we think it's a, a laugh riot. If you want to get the full experience, you also can get on Audible and get the audio book, which is read by us two idiots, so it's fun. <laughs> and lastly, if you enjoy this program and would like to show your support, you can do so by signing up on Patreon. You go to weeklyskews.com slash more, or go on Patreon and type my name in there. You'll find it either way. $5 a month gets you access to full-length bonus episodes. Um, we, we got one coming up this week. In fact, we do two of them a month and we cover things that happen in between shows or things we 
you know, didn't get to or just whatever we want to talk about. It's a lot of fun. Get some more skews in your life and support the show in the process. All right. With that said, like I already mentioned, the tonight's uh, primary subject matter is going to be keeping track of these various off-year elections that are going on, some of which are vitally important. You know, every American election is important, guys. Let's be honest. But before we get to all that and before we welcome Travis Irvine to the show, let's do the Daily Dumbass. Matt, graphic, please. Tonight's DD, anybody who doesn't think Eric Trump could be right about something exactly one time. Let's see here. United States of and it's sad that this is the United States of America. And, and right now, make no mistake about it, maybe through your very lenses, the entire world is watching this and they're laughing about what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Show me the lie. Keeping it yeah. hundred, Eric Trump. Um, yeah. He's standing in front of a court building in New York where Donald Trump testified this week. This is in his, uh, uh, you know, civil fraud trial. We have to pay, you know, I don't know, quarter quarter of a billion dollars in penalties and not be able to operate his business anymore. And uh, it was an absolute fucking farce. I mean that even by Trump standards. Yeah. Like the judge had yelled at him repeatedly to stay on topic because uh, <laughs> he was just like doing his rally speeches right. on the witness stand and not answering any questions he was asked. Let me give you some sample quotes. I'm not a windmill person. Uh, yeah, we know. We all know that he hates windmills, dude. They kill birds, famously. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did another speech this week about windmills. I didn't want to use a clip of it because we've, we've covered it enough. Be still on the windmill thing. Another another line from Trump said on the witness stand per- pertaining to nothing. Uh, I have a castle, which is an <laughs> awesome flex. I wish I had yeah. a castle, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but his lawyer, him. his lawyer, which his lawyer didn't even bother cross examining him. They just let their prosecutor rip him apart and then fucking walked away. His lawyer said, in 33 years, I've never had a witness testify better. An absolute brilliant performance by President Trump. He's not backing. Like, why would you say this? You have to work again as a lawyer, right. uh, in theory. Uh, I don't understand. Well, I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm wild dumb, but getting him up there in the first place, but also just, it seems odd to me to just let him just only get grilled by the, you know, by the, the state or the prosecution or whatever, and then just leave it at that. Let him go on this nonsensical diatribe for however long it took and get made fun of across the internet and just not offer any sort of uh, rebuttal legally or right. whatnot. This is the one that, that's the one that has to do with him artificially inflating the value of things right. over the years and lying about how much money he had or how much you, worth he, his properties had to screw people you, over investment wise. You got to understand that from their perspective, this whole thing's a, a fucking farce in another direction. It's a setup because like, like, yeah, he elevated to get better loan terms. He inflated the value of his properties, right. To get better, to be better loan rates and uh, more money from the banks. Uh, they, the banks profited off the deal, right? So they're thinking, how could I have defrauded somebody who made, made money off of it? I didn't mm-hmm. steal from them. I profit money for them. Right. But here's the thing. Martin Shkreli went to jail for the same thing. He, he lied to his investors that he made money for about what he was investing their money in and still went to prison. You cannot lie to people. If I steal a hundred bucks from your wallet and go bet it on a horse and the horse comes in 40 to one and I put a thousand bucks back in your wallet, I still stole a hundred dollars from you. And right. that's the judge ruled. That's why the judge ruled off the top. They're guilty and they're just haggling over how much money, how much the penalty is going to be. So like, <laughs> So, like, they're frustrated with this whole thing because they don't understand, like, that you can't rob people to, even if you leave them better off. But so the penalty, you know, again, sorry, I'm so law dumb. This is a civil fraud trial. The penalty goes to who? Like the, the state. The state. Okay. So it's yeah. not, he's not being sued by these financial institutions or whatever. No. To, yeah. And, okay. 
And like Deutsche Bank and stuff has like basically been on the record saying that he was just too rich of a client for us. We, like we knew he was defrauding us. Right. But we could, we made so much money off of him. We couldn't say no. And then once he was president, they couldn't call in their loans, even when they, he like was defaulting on them because you don't <laughs> call it a mark on the president of the United States when you're an international financial company. So but I was trying to figure out what my favorite exchange from this court proceeding was. Uh, it was a, either between this one where uh, the the prosecutor says, did, did you get copies, copies of statements in 2021? Trump said, I was so busy in the White House with China, Russia, and keeping the country. Prosecutor, you were not the president in 2021? Yeah. Uh, yeah. This one went kind of viral, this exchange. I saw it all over Twitter earlier today. Yeah. Yeah. And this one, just talking about Scotland, goes, Aberdeen is the oil capital of Europe. Very rich, Trump says, at which point the judge interrects ir- irrelevant. And then Trump goes softly, it is. It is, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine, but it is. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah I mean, all these trials, you just, uh, you know, an absolute goldmine of uh, stupid quips. You know what I mean? Like, as we go through them, like there's going to be more than you could ever keep up with. I'm sure, you know, anytime he speaks in court, you're going to get some wild ass shit like this. So at least not even that. in court, the same speech I was talking about where he talked about windmills again and the whales, he taught, he basically confessed to obstruction of justice on like live on camera. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how the fuck dude, how the fuck? Right. <laughs> I do admire his dogged dedication to committing most of his crimes in front of the whole world, you know. That's the like, secret. And still, right? Yeah, right. That's the secret. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's so brazen or whatever. It's like, well, it can't be. You know, it can't actually be breaking laws or whatever. Who would be dumb enough to just do it on Fox News or you know, not in front of millions of people? But yeah, yeah. He do though. All right. Our uh, honorable mention for daily dumbass people who don't think it's perfectly normal to share your porn history with your kid. This is wild shit here. MAGA Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, shares a little TMI here. With covenant eyes within your home. And so uh, why is that such an appeal? Why do parents need to put this into their home? Great uh, question. We, we probably could have called this more appropriately a war on the darkness of technology because there are some good things with technology, of course. I mean, you know, the Bible apps we all love. We, we broadcast our services, you know, on our social media, and, and there's some very positive things. But there's also, as Clint's pointed out aptly, some really dark things. So Covenant Eyes is the software that I, I we've been using a long time in our household. Uh, I, was, I first learned about it at, a, I think, a Promise Keepers event in the early 2000s. I think it was developed in about the year 2000. Uh, but it's the largest um, accountability software that there is. And, and there's some paperwork out there on the table that I think everybody may have picked up on the way in. If not, go get it. I, it's a subscription-based I – mean, we don't make any money on this. I'm telling you, I, we use it, okay? I, I, I'm endorsing it because I'm a user. Uh, it's about $15 a month, $16 a month, something like that. And you get up to 10 devices. And what it is, it's accountability software. So uh, men in a church, you know, men's Bible study groups will do it. That's how it's presented at Promise Keepers. But they also mention, hey, when your kids become teenagers, especially if you have boys, dads, they're talking to the guys at this event, you might want to think about doing this with your sons. And so we've been doing that. And so what it does real, real simply is it has an algorithm and software. I'm, it's way above my head how it works. But um, it, it scans. You, you obviously opt into it. But it scans every all the activity on your phone or your devices, your laptop, tablet, what have you. We do all of it. And then it sends a report to your accountability partner. So my accountability partner right now is Jack, my son, right? All right. You got it, 
So he and yeah. I get a If there's anything objectionable the- that comes up on that report, then it gets reported to your accountability part. Dude, this 17-year-old is like fucking hacking into the mainframe, mainframe watching porn. He's like doing Matrix-level hacking shit, having to circumvent this stuff. So, you know, he might have a future in, uh, in cybersecurity or something because he's definitely getting put through the ringer at this stuff. Right. It ain't like he's, he's not like- watching porn. I don't give a fuck what Covenant Eyes says. <laughs> he's figuring something out. But yeah, this yeah. is this is nuts. Dude. I was I was trying to figure out like if my dad got a text alert every time I jerked off, like teenage me jerked off. I would right. like went through all of his data, like his phone. Yeah, his battery explodes. Buzzing. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, no, he, this kid is going to be like he's definitely going to be you know getting tied up and pissed on in a few years or something like that. Because I feel like anytime like this like level of repression or whatever, you know, like I mean, I'm sure you did too. I went to school with kids who were like super super strict Christian households or whatnot. And then, mm-hmm. you know, at least a couple I can think of, then they like get, they go to college, they get out of the house or whatnot and just lose their goddamn minds, you know, just go Dude. wild as fuck. Um, another, so, yeah. uh, speaking of the repression levels here, another notable user coming in eyes was Josh Duggar, who ended up in prison for a bunch of different sex crimes with children and adults and yeah. child porn and shit. So I'm going to say that it doesn't work. Um, but I was trying to think of which way is more disturbing because, like, the dad getting the son's jerk off history is bad enough. But you just imagine you're the son, yeah, hanging out with your boys, and you get a notification on your phone says, "Sorry, boys, I gotta go." My dad's talking his baby. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta go uh, join him in prayer, absolving of these sins because he's uh, looking at milf porn again. It's also um, like if I'm a, if I'm a foreign intelligence service right now, my first thought is I gotta buy coveted eyes. <laughs> right, like, dude. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that part too. <laughs> like willingly just giving it access to like I thought that was like a big deal nowadays for people. You right. know what I mean? Like protecting your data and whatnot, and just like you're just giving this third party uh company or software access to literally everything you do across every device, your entire digital footprint and your whole families too. Yeah. Wild, dude. But it's in, in, you know, all in the name of the Lord. So I did. I went and looked at their website and most of it's pretty straightforward device. Like you might have a porn. It's like a very Jeff Foxworthy bit. Like you might you, you might have a porn looking at problem if uh, you're paying <laughs> for a lot of porn. I have to agree with that. If you're paying yeah. for a lot of porn, you probably do have a problem considering how much is just fucking free. But like. It is a. I understand it's got to be a parental problem, like ubiquity of porn now. And like, I don't have kids. So it's not something like occurred to me. But like, what do you? <laughs> you obviously have to tell kids like real sex isn't like this. You know, it's, yeah. like, it's, it's, it's like. I mean, have you geared up your speech yet? No, no. Yeah. I'm living in denial as far as that goes. My oldest son just turned twelve. It's like so. I mean, it's like right around the corner, and I'm. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, having trouble with it. Not just that part. I just can't believe that I'm already here, that my sons are about yeah. to be fucking teenagers and in puberty and all that shit. I feel like I'm not ready for it. Like, uh, yeah. but, you know, here we go, especially in the modern era. But, uh, yeah. What are you going to so, do? So, another thing about uh, Mike Johnson, real quick. Uh, he, people, basically, he's never been through the, through the fire before. So, like, all this Apple research is coming out. Like, a CNN investigation into his work pushing conversion therapy dug up another clip where uh, Mike Johnson said that the that Rome fell because they condone homosexuality. Yeah. Or you know what, Mark, like maybe Rome prospered because of all the butt fucking. Anybody ever think about that? They were a 2000 year empire. That's that's what I'm saying. You're just going to use the ending to, to, to make that determination. What about the 2000 years of hitting real hard? They did while also butt fucking that, that like, you know, it could easily go the other way. I feel like it's easier to make that argument, you know? Uh, 
but the, the 2000 year empire and by the way they were hella gay the whole time yes. like, it wasn't it wasn't that they weren't weird about sex they were just weird about sex in a different ways like basically their ideas of masculinity weren't wrapped up in who they had sex with but it was they did have rules like it was like prison rules where as long as you were the one pitching and not catching then you were good you were good also right. like rome didn't have any lesbians you know because everyone everyone wanted to have sex with men because you know men rule um the rules are basically like you could be gay, but only down social status. Like you could have sex with slaves and other people's slaves. They gave you permission. Right. But like, right. there's just, these people are so dumb and no understanding of history. Not understanding that like people like, again, that wasn't that people weren't worried about sex, but they were weird in different ways until like the British empire made everyone prudish in their specific way at the point at the end of a rifle. But like <laughs> the idea that Rome collapsed because of gay people is just like, what? Just shut the fuck up, dude. I, I don't even know. Um, do we is is, is uh, do we know if uh, Travis is here? Yes. Do you want to? Okay. I wanted to mention this real quick. Um, this is a sad. Uh, we're talking about sexual repression, the Roman Empire and shit. So this uh, Bubba Copeland, who was a mayor and of Smith Station, Alabama, the pastor of a church there in Phoenix City, uh, killed himself a few days ago last week um, after a local blog involuntarily outed him as a quote transgender woman which i'm using quotes because i think he just cross-dressed although he did write yeah. like erotic fan fiction where he was a woman so i'm not sure how he would uh have identified himself but i'm uh i'm using i'm, I'm using he him pronouns because what he used publicly and uh, he also renounced to she her pronouns that like he had to stand up in front of his church and try to say that he was still a good man his wife knew and he was like coming to god and all that stuff it's all this little this small town section name just sort of drives me crazy as a person from a small town right he was a he was a republican but not like as far as i can tell like his issues were like local business stuff and trying to help people get jobs like he was on the school board he was, he was proud of like getting more computers in classrooms from an average of one to an average of three so like <laughs> The tragic irony is here is like he was interviewed about this, his town's biggest problems, and he says the number uh, the crime was down and the economy was good. The city's number one problem was suicides due to uh, you know military service members coming back and social media bullying. He said, which looks different after how his life ended, and even after uh, Cope, uh, Bubba Copeland's death, people leaving hateful messages on the church on his church's Facebook page. Well, I was just about to say before you said I was going to yeah. be like, I wonder how these people feel. Like went to his church, and it's a small town. They're in his community. He's you know, been a, a pillar of the community for so long. They all know him. I bet a lot of them like loved him. If he's the pastor, he's probably relatively mm -hmm. beloved, at least by a lot of people. And then I just wonder how they have been feeling now that this has happened. Like, is there any sort of sense of like, you know, we went too guilt far on their part. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. But then you said like, no, nope, there's, they're on his, uh, even after he's dead, they're on his Facebook page, calling him slurs or whatever. I went, <laughs> yeah, it's, I, guess I went and read the original right. blog that outed him and there was nothing, the language in it wasn't hateful or judgmental. It was just like, Oh, by the way, the mayor is, uh, has a private Instagram page where he dresses like a woman. Yeah. And it was just like, just that was enough to like rile up the mob. And, uh, Anyway, my point is like in a thousand years when somebody's writing the story about the decline of our empire and some idiot like Mike Johnson will be say be saying it's because of people like Bubba Copeland when in reality it's because of people like fucking Mike Johnson and fuck him. So anyway, uh, yep. RIP Bubba. Right. With that said, yeah. we'll get into the election talk with the one and only Travis Irvine. Bring him in here, Matt. <laughs> Y'all know him. You love him. Ohio boy, politics junkie, graduate of Columbia Journalism School, or, you know, however you say that. Filmmaker and, uh, you know, vagabond extraordinaire, Travis Irvine. What's up, buddy? What's up, y'all? We're getting ready to party. 
Yeah. We're getting ready to party because things are looking good in Ohio, folks. I just what's, want to get yeah. what's the latest there, some Travis. Numbers. We got some numbers. We got some numbers coming in now. Here's the thing, right? You all know from election nights, we've all lived through way too many of them at this point. Um, but it's always going to start out with early voting, right? So your early voting, I'm going to take off my America glasses, keep on the nerd glasses here because now we're talking numbers. And the the numbers are looking fantastic right now for Ohio for early vote, but that's early vote. Democrats are always voting early, more so than Republicans. So your early vote totals are always going to be more skewed towards the uh, Democrats. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're looking at 836,000 votes counted as of now. Now that is, again, that's only like 2% of actual election day precincts reporting. So this is mostly if not all, 98% early vote totals. But right now, abortion rights are looking to pass in Ohio by 63% to 36%. So that's 63% in favor of abortion rights. That's yes on issue one in Ohio as of now with early vote totals. And for legal weed, come on, baby. Give me give me the sweet, sweet combo of both. 56%. <laughs> to 43% passing right now. So these numbers right now, it's looking very good early vote for both uh, legal abortion rights, uh, reproductive rights, as well as legal marijuana rights. Um, but again, what happens is the, the election day numbers come in and more Republicans vote on election day. These uh, margins are going to narrow a bit, but then they're going to expand again because once they start counting the actual populous counties in Ohio, which is your Cuyahoga's, Cleveland, mm-hmm. Hamilton, and Cincinnati, Franklin, that's Columbus, once those all get to be counted in mass, then that adds to the margin again. So that's kind of right. what we're looking at. But I mean, you, you he's, I think you've already seen there in Kentucky, Andy Bashir, they're already calling yep. it for him there. So yep. could be a yeah. good election so, night. Good, good yeah. be, could be good looking forward too, to 2024. Right. Everybody in uh, all you Buckeyes out there, feel free to get high and pregnant tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Somehow- oh, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going <laughs> to. Uh, something I found in here, by the way, I sent you a picture Trey. after you told me Irvine was going to come on tonight. I ran into him at the bus stop yes. and, uh, he was wearing American flag glasses and a Bernie t-shirt. They still got him on. And I was like, he, he's optimistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something, something I found encouraging before today is last night, the anti-abortion movement was already started messaging to preempt losses today. Uh, yeah. here's a quote from the president of Susan B. Anthony pro-life America, which the president of Susan B. Anthony pro-life America being a dude is uh, funny to me. We've never been good at a state level. We have a very diverse country it makes sense that each state deciding what to do about abortion will be a cumbersome process with fits and starts. So that's, uh, he's already excuse making. Um, uh, I want to talk about my home state of Virginia real quick. Um, yeah, sure. The whole legislature's up. Uh, yeah. It, Glenn Youngkin, the go- Republican governor of Virginia, managed to raise $34 million, which is the most in history for a state legislature race. And they even spent more through PACs than Democrats responded by spending raising a bunch more money. Mm-hmm. And I think they even beat him. But I, I was a bit nervous coming into today because of as of November 2nd, a couple of days ago, early voting was about 50 percent of where it was in 2021. We had the governor's election. So I was like, are people really not uh, fired up to vote? But then, of course, there's same day voter registration stuff in Virginia now, I think. So a lot of college kids are voting. I don't really know how it's going to go. There are a couple of races I wanted to I was keeping an eye on and I'll check the results of these in a minute. Um, 24th District is an incumbent senator, Monty Mason's Democrat. Uh, up against a guy named Danny Diggs. Uh, Diggs is a former sheriff, longtime sheriff in the area. He marched along pr- Proud Boys at a gun rights rally where they took a guillotine to the state capitol, because that's what you do nowadays. 
he attended a John Burt Society event in 2015, 40 years after the John Burt Society was the villain in a Charlie Daniels song. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he defended one of his deputies who wore blackface on Halloween. She dressed up as a local state legislator. Slater, I don't fucking know. He also, at his retirement party from the sheriff's office, um, he joked about unsolved rapes. Um, he was talking about how special it was to meet people years after he'd helped solve their case. And he said, it must have been 30 years ago. We solved a rape case. The lady saw me a few years ago. She remembered me and remembered we, we saw, that we had solved her case and how much that meant to her, how much she was, was able to help her get her life together and move on. Then he joked to his successor, Ron Montgomery, was that the only one we ever solved? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. In front of the lady? Yes. Like, my God, bro. <laughs> no, I don't mean in front of the public. I don't know if that lady was there. but like, oh. uh, so let me oh, he was telling the story about that and then made the joke. Okay. Right. So right now, Monty, uh, Monty Mason's up 51 and a half to 48 and a half. I uh, hope that 61 percent counted. Uh, some other races, they, uh, they were important here. There were swing races. Uh, uh, w- the Republicans winning in the 31st district, which isn't great. And in the 16th district, was another swing when um, the Democrats up by four points with 55 percent counted. So that OK, so it's looking like Democrats might hold the Senate. Remember the stakes here. Uh, Republicans are probably going to hold the, the, the House. And they have the governorship, so if they take the if they take the Senate, they're going to pass the 15 week abortion ban. Um, uh, <laughs> so back to Ohio, um, I was looking at some exit poll stuff earlier, Travis, um, mm. and shocked to see that a majority of Ohio voters think abortion should be legal. Uh, did it, you guys literally just voted on this kind of a couple months ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And just made everybody do it again. And the messaging around this was insane. We talked before about trying to make it a parents' rights issue. And to this to this point, a guy named Bernie Moreno, who's running against Sherrod Brown for the for the U.S. Senate, uh, yeah. said that the ballot measure would let a rapist force a woman to get an abortion. Specifically, he said that the, if they, this passed, his daughter's rapists would be able to force them to get abortions. And I don't know quite how his brain got there. Do you right. have is there logic to this? No, I mean, Bernie Moreno is another one of these never Trumpers like J.D. Vance, who then became very, very pro-Trump. So, no, of course, none of the mental gymnastics that he's going to try to do on this issue or any issue uh, makes any sense. And he's also going to be in a contentious Republican primary, by the way, before he Mm -hmm. gets to the final round against Sherrod Brown next year for Senate. So but this is you're absolutely right, Mark. This is what they've done. The the anti-issue one people, the anti-abortion people. Their messaging is all over the place now, especially these last few weeks, because poll after poll, including their own pollsters, have shown them that issue one was going to pass overwhelmingly. You know, it reminds me of Trey's bit that he was doing uh, when we were on the road to Ohio, when he was referencing that August election you were talking about, about whether or not Ohioans want to vote, about whether or not our vote means shit or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh-huh. yeah, we're going to go ahead and vote to say that I do want my vote to mean shit. That's kind of what we're looking at tonight, too. Right. Anyone who has a woman in their life, whether it's a niece or a sister or a mom, a grandma, an aunt, whatever it is, uh, women's rights at the end of the day are, is one of these issues that's going to transcend past uh, partisan politics. Right. And we're going to see that tonight. We saw that in August, too. Right. A lot of rural red counties still voted no on that issue one, meaning they want to protect our constitutional votes as opposed to now when they're voting yes on issue one and they actually want to protect reproductive rights. So well, you're absolutely right, Mark, that it, they they intend to confuse with their messaging because that's the only way they can win on the, an issue like mm. this. 
Well, correct me if I'm wrong, right? But you know, this GLP stands for gaslight, obstruct, project, and whatever. They like, excel <laughs> sure. at projection and everything. Like they're, in fact, a lot of their like in some of these states where they pass these super restrictive abortion bans and stuff, like it, the opposite holds true, right? Where like if, if a woman is raped and has to carry the kid to term or whatnot, and it like allowed the rapist family to sue her if she went somewhere else and got an abortion or that, like those types of provisions mm. in these laws have come up before. So it's like, they're, you know, taking things that are bad about what they're trying to do. And then just saying that those yeah. bad things are, are, are what we're also, what the left is trying to do or whatnot, which they do that all the time. I do want to say as a dirtbag dude, like the, the way these things are winning overwhelmingly, like overwhelmingly, like obviously some women are pro-life, right? So yeah. this is a, this, this is like dudes are voting for this too. And cause it's also about, men's freedom like a woman's going to make the decision but we all know how relationships work you're going to talk through stuff right and decide what's best for you as a couple or like where you're at in your life and all this kind of stuff so it's not the woman's ultimately has the right to make whatever decisions you're going to make but we've all we've been in relationships you know what i'm saying like men are affected by these decisions as well and they're also yeah. voting for women to have rights so they can also be men can also be more free well dude so i've always like, thought that like it's wild that as many dude just can just knowing how dirtbaggy and shitty most men are, how, you know, we're mm -hmm. just animals and all this shit and have terrible decision-making and are afraid of commitment and all of those things. It's always been wild to me that there's as many like pro light or anti-choice dudes as there are. Cause you know, you'd think they'd want to, you know, be able to, to pull that, to pull that card if they need to and pay for an right. abortion or whatever, cause they don't want to be responsible for shit. But, but I know it's like, it's about it's about like controlling women and that and and that whole type of thing and also like they know that they can just sort of fuck off if they want to anyway or whatever. Right. There's a bunch of reasons why that doesn't hold true, but it's always yeah. been kind of funny but to the me. The ones in the state legislature and the in Congress are rich though, so like they're right. always going to be able to get abort their mistress's abortions. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Like it's like it does literally doesn't affect them at all. It's one of the reasons they they vote the way they do. I'm sure some of them are true believers, but like. Roy Wood had a great joke at the Congressional Correspondence Dinner the other night about the way to make the, all this make sense. It'd be like the Congress people, if you get your if you get your mistress pregnant in D.C., she has to follow the rules back in your own district. Right. And I was like, yeah, that's basically how you fix this problem. Um, there's also because exit polls, they ask everything. Uh, there's another exit poll in Ohio. Ohio voters say Biden and Trump shouldn't run in 2024. Uh, seven out of 10 Ohio voters say they don't think Biden should be running for another term and 64% think Trump shouldn't run. Now, I'm not going to parse the 8% difference between 72 versus 64 because, like, basically voters are saying neither of these motherfuckers, but they're going to get both of these motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. um, and <laughs> I, did you guys see that poll that came out this weekend? They had Biden losing Trump at a landslide. No. Um, yeah. I, it was talked about today in a, in a meeting I had and how scary that is for a lot of people. But I agree with you. I mean, even I, I can't believe we are at this point. I think I put pointed that out last time I came on the show was that this is the first time in over a hundred years that we'll two of the same presidential candidates running against each other in a consecutive presidential election. The last time mm -hmm. was William Jennings Bryan and William McKinley who ran against each other in 1896 and 1900. Very um, familiar. Yeah. Very yeah. Familiar. You know, you all remember forget. the contentious. Yes. Absolutely. Very contentious years. <laughs> the McKinley Bryan years, uh, those campaigns. But, you know, that's again, just, it highlights how unexcited people are right now about this entire situation. 
right? Whether it's a Democrat who doesn't like Biden or a Republican who doesn't like Trump, and it's going to be those two guys again. I think you're going to mass checking out, which is going to be a problem more so for Democrats. Right. right. They need people to show up next year. So I just want to ask what you guys, each of you thinks about like the whole, because we've talked about before on the show, Mark, about the various polls that show that just the Biden administration gets no credit for the things that they actually do do. And I know, you know, I'm not saying Biden has absolutely crushed it or whatnot, but like, I just wonder how it's like the book has already been written on him and it doesn't even matter what he like actually is able to accomplish. Cause like, you know, I just feel like legislatively or whatever, he's not, he's not done that bad. He's gotten some shit done to pro labor stuff and, and you right. know the IRA and all this shit, but he just gets zero credit for any of it. Or does that none of that even matter? Because he's ancient and boring, and he you know he has gaffes right. and all this stuff. Like you know, people like, were trying to figure out this poll because the result, like first of all, it's a year away, and like at this point, Obama was losing to Romney in 2012, and polls also said, but people also were also saying they didn't like either Obama or Romney, and I, I'm not sure like in a two party system where the party nominates the person, I'm not sure we'll ever have right. an election where people are happy with their choices. Right. And I'm not sure. Maybe we have like a national jungle primary where everybody wants to sign up to run, could run and we get a president who got 4,000 votes nationwide. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but like, uh, it, it's just like, to me, the, the, the biggest bone of uh, Biden administration has been like the clump, the sort of clumsy way they're dealing with Israel and Gaza right now in a way that I'm not yeah. sure anybody is happy with. Um, but like, I'm not sure, like the, the economic polling in this was astounding to me because right. people think Trump handled the economy better than Biden by like 20 some points. Right. And I'm like, but he did, they didn't mail us free money during COVID. But if you don't mean that, what do you mean? Like we talked right. about inflation a lot, Travis. And it's like, they, in that poll, people said they're mad about prices going up and then they ask about their income. They go, oh yeah, my income's gone up more too. And then basically that people just get mad about prices being higher, even if they have more money. It's like there's this like religious belief among Americans that sandwiches should be five dollars. Mm-hmm. Foot long sandwiches. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right, right. It's like yeah, it's like lunch, American. lunch should be five dollars. Yeah. Yes. If lunch isn't five dollars, right. the president should make lunch five dollars. And like, yeah. like rent rent is rent is fucking awful. My rent uh, Travis and I talked about it on the bus today. We saw each other. Like my rent's gone up like a like a thousand dollars in the past mm-hmm. like four years. It's like year over year, nine, ten percent. They tried to raise fifteen percent one year. That's unsustainable. But I don't have a specific lever Biden should do. <laughs> to, to fix that other than ex- send sends delta force to execute my landlord all for it uh, other than that <laughs> i'm not sure you know so i'm what not sure you, what people want what do you think yeah. about all that travis about the perception of biden and just these polls we were just talking about yeah i was just on a, a, a zoom with my friends from blue ohio it's david peppers the former ohio democratic party chairman he started this group blue ohio and that's what they were talking about for next year right because again here we are in an odd election year, 2023. You always got Virginia, Kentucky, and New Jersey. They do all their statewide elections in these odd years. But otherwise, it's really just, again, this big Ohio abortion rights vote and the big Pennsylvania uh, state Supreme Court race um, that's happening over there. Democrat, who obviously is pro-choice versus a very crazy anti-abortion Republican. But all of this is spelling out what's going to happen next year, right, in 2024. Mm-hmm. And that's what they were talking about in the Blue Ohio group is how the messaging behind Biden, you got to they got to start getting that out there because you're right, they're starting to see that people don't realize all the stuff Biden has done, um, you know, just from an objective 
president who gets shit done standpoint. Right. I mean, even that should be their, their message going forward. So yeah, they got to turn around the messaging. That's what's cause, cause Mark's right. You know, you, someone's sitting at, at their lunch like, Hey, this lunch is $7 to the $5. They're going to try to vote the bums out. And that's kind of the, the, the big problem facing the Biden campaign next year. Right. And they like, they like the stars of prices stuff. Like I, American, do Americans want like a Soviet style command economy with absolute price controls? Cause I can't figure out like, like cause they, they, the stuff they can do, like Biden tapped the strategic petroleum reserve, right. To get gas prices down, probably affected at 30 cents a gallon, like capped insulin $35 or whatever it was like the, the 10, it should be more, but they do the Medicaid, can, Medicare can negotiate drug prices. Now they tried like without congressional like cooperation, they can't do a lot more. And the problem in Congress is the other party. Trump's going to cut rich people's taxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. not going to help you. I don't know what the people want. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know, man. It's a low information voter problem. And also, like, it's, it's not even really a low information voter because there's so much information now. It's like, I don't, then people don't know what to believe, you know? Um, right. Well, and that's, you know, you know, even this year, like, can Democrats carry this, this um, the, after the big post road decision last summer, right? They were able to kind of claw back what they were going to lose in the midterms in 2022. You can see it's going to help them directly when it comes to abortion on the ballot, you know, like it was in Ohio or Kansas or Kentucky. They obviously win big there. So the, the real big question, not just on Biden's record, but can they keep this train rolling in a post, you know, row world where it is, you're going to see the abortion rights on the ballot in a lot more states next year as part of an mm-hmm. overall nationwide strategy. Yeah. Um, sorry, you talk for a minute, Trey. I'm trying to look, look at some results real quick. Yeah, well, it's just like in terms of the messaging and polling about Biden and what he's done and whatnot, there was some huge poll. I know we talked about it on here a few weeks ago now, but this like expansive poll about economics issues specifically. And it's like when it comes to inflation and gas prices and all that type of stuff, like it annoys me, but like I understand, like I fully understand why people are like, you know, have you seen how much shit costs? Like, don't tell me things are super great when th- when rent is this high and fucking eggs are this high and all this stuff. Like, I understand that because, I mean, it pisses me off, too. But then, but even though that I understand that that's not fair to, like, blame Biden for all those things, like, I sort of get it. But they also, like, even on things that are just, like, objectively untrue, like like unemployment and that type of thing, you know, like, where... Mm-hmm. things are good and Biden the administration has done well, they still, you know, like I said, Mark said, it's like a 20 point gap between how they think Republicans or Trump administration would, would deal with that versus how Biden has dealt with it. So it's like reality just has no bearing on how people perceive uh, the right. success of this and, administration. And I, no, I don't know what you, what you do about that. No, no, by the way, no one's saying life is perfect. Like one of the reasons unemployment rate is so low is because people are working like gig, gig jobs. They'd rather not be working, but like right. the way to get from a bad economy to a good economy is to get to a better economy first. <laughs> right? right. It's like, it's like, it's like a, it's not a, it's a, it's a, it's a step-by-step process. And the American economy is doing so much better post COVID than the other G7 countries. Right. It's like, I'm not sure, like, the people understand we're still under, there going to be, like, centuries-long ramifications from COVID and what it did to, like, the economy and supply chains and people's way, way of living and the things they prioritized. And the economy hasn't shifted the way, it's not done shifting. And I don't know if people, like, I don't know, it's just, it, it's frustrating to me that, like, something happens, it's mildly discomforting, and we go, well, it's the president's fault. And they're like, well, no, right. we're halfway to fixing the problem. Right. And, like, we can't go the other direction now. 
<laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. Oh, I know exactly what you're saying, man. I feel the same way. It is very fresh. That's what I mean. It's like, and I don't, you know, I, I don't know what you, it's just, it makes you want to pull your hair out the way <laughs> some people apparently, uh, you know, look at our political landscape or whatever. But also it's like, I get what, if you, you don't have to be a huge Biden fan, I understand, but it's just like, it, there are going to be, there's going to be two options, right? And one right. of them is, I mean, it's even again, you, you hammer the whole point about how old Biden is and that type of thing. It's like, well, so is Trump, but Trump is also crazy and dumb, like on top of being old as fuck, you know? So like, by the way, I don't know, man. By the way, uh, one, last, uh, one last point, the Biden thing, uh, Gretchen Whitner, Gavin Newsom and J.B. Pritzker have all stood up national political groups. Uh, so if, if Biden... If Biden falls off his bike, three people are like, eh? yeah. <laughs> it's a dog, it's a doggy dog world out there, man. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah. Uh, oh, and, uh, officially Dave Wasserman election expert guy has called issue one for the, uh, abortions rights side. So that's coming. Right, All right. Look at this. Here we go. We're oh, baby. That's mm. it. Look at this. Good for yuns. About that. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's the thing. Eventually, it's they're so far ahead that it doesn't matter how many people voted uh, during mm-hmm. the election right. day. So this again, that's kind of what people are pointing out is that the margin, at least for issue one, um, in terms of early vote, is already bigger than it was in August, right? And and again, that was an early vote that was insurmountable for the Republicans mm-hmm. at that point. Um, so now, of course, I will be keeping an eye on my own pet project. Uh, you know, abortion rights, reproductive rights, very important. But marijuana rights, Lord knows we sure could use those in Ohio. So I will right, pour so- myself half of a shot in celebration of issue one. Trey, <laughs> I got a, a special a funny bone a glass that I uh, grabbed for one of the shows out there. Nice. And uh, I'll save the second shot for issue two till we, till we know that was a little more safer. I'm a little curious about why this is because I would thought it go the other way, but uh, abortion is apparently more popular in Ohio than weed. It's uh, <laughs> right now issue one: uh, abortions winning sixty point three to thirty nine point seven, and legal weeds yes. winning fifty five point seven to forty four point three. Um, but yeah, the way they do is projection stuff. It's like if if pro, if the abortion rights side is winning fifty two forty eight in a red ass county with most of the votes votes in. Yeah. Then he just like it's like we don't have to wait to see anymore. Like we, we can project this out. Yeah, um, yeah. And Dave Wasserman yeah. also called it early back in August. So I'm going to assume he's a he's a sage or an oracle or something. He knows what he's talking about. And uh, we're yeah, we're looking at over a million votes counted as of now. That includes early, and that includes about eight percent of election day precincts reporting. Um, one thing to note, Mark, that I've seen I'm seeing here on the Ohio Secretary of State's page, which is interesting, is that. Total votes cast in issue one on abortion rights, it's a million and 17,000 that we're at uh, counted so far, whereas with issue two legal weed, it's a million and 6,000. So about 10,000 people voted on issue one, but left issue two blank. So that is something to look at, too, that, you know, maybe somebody went in, they're like, this issue one is very important, but I don't know how I feel Mm -hmm. about legal weed. So that's something we've been seeing, too, is that people are voting for one, but not the other. Interesting. The weed thing, uh, I go back and forth on the weed thing. Well, first of all, also, Matt, producer Matt, I just want to say, if you want to grab us some questions and comments, I know you're, you're throwing them graphics up and everything, and I appreciate it. But, yeah, you can start throwing some of those our way. But the weed thing, part of me thinks, like, I can't believe it's even that close, like, meaning I thought it'd right. be more in favor, like a larger victory for people, because it's like I feel like 
it just feels so outmoded and archaic for someone to any kind of reefer madness shit persisting uh, today amongst the populace. You feel like you don't see that, mm-hmm. but then you're like, well, there's a lot of papaws out there and I'm not talking to them. So I don't know what they think. But then on the other hand, I'm not all that surprised. Cause I, I was just thinking about this earlier for a different reason, but I feel like so many people just like, if they, if like, if they don't, if they don't dig weed personally themselves, and then fuck it. They could give a shit less regardless of like how, you know, how they feel about uh, the rationale of, or constitutionality of it or whether it should be legal or not. You know what I mean? It's like if they, if they just, if they don't do it, then, you know, they don't give a shit if anybody else gets to do it or not. I feel like it's like, I, I just want to make the point here. Like we're joking and stuff, but like the reason to legalize recreational weed is isn't just so people can party. It's so people don't end up with criminal records that fuck up their entirety of their lives for committing yeah. a crime that most teenagers commit. See, that's, 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 that's the, well, that's kind of what I'm saying. It's like, there are these very yeah. valid arguments for, for why it should be the case. And I'm saying, I feel like a lot of people that just don't fuck with weed at all. They don't like mm-hmm. think about or care about any of those parts. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're just like, ah, people don't need the wacky weed, you know, and leave <laughs> it at that. They don't like think critically about it, which I know wild thing to say about our, uh, our fellow Americans, but I believe it to be true. Deb Marsh says, thanks for showing up to vote Ohio. Yep. All right. I want to do says, you're welcome. Deb Liz Studenka says, I, for once am not ashamed to be from Ohio. <laughs> Yeah. Buddy, you guys got you guys got University of Michigan over a barrel over their sign stealing thing. You gotta you gotta be you'd be very <laughs> yeah. proud of Ohioan right now. All them uh, astronauts too, baby. Which of course couple, that's, uh, that's the old joke about the Ohio astronauts is that's just uh that's just how badly they wanted to get the fuck away from Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Only yes. the moon was far enough away. Uh <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Mark, you've been trying to say something for like the past. Oh, yeah. Sorry. We'll get this comment in a second. Uh, Love to update from Virginia. uh, The the three things that analysts had, three races that analysts had flagged as, you know, key ones for Democrats holding control of the Senate and women getting the key rights in Virginia. Uh, 31st District is leaning towards Democrat 51 49 with 86% counted. The uh, 16th District has already been called for the Democrat. and uh, 24th one, the one with uh, Monty Mason running against a uh, sheriff, racist sheriff from the 1960s, Danny Diggs. Diggs is fucking winning 50.7 to 49.3, mm. only 55% in. But goddamn, I'm mad. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Monty, you know, you hear the name, like both those names are off the tongue. They're very alliterative or whatever. Like you need a, you need a, you know, a double consonant name to take on a double consonant name. So at least they had that part figured out. And it's like yeah. M&Ms or double D's. That's a hard choice, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, Monty Ch- Mason pulls it out. Chilida. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing her name wrong. Yeah. Uh, she said, Ohio is not a four letter word today. And this is from a Michiganian. Uh, yeah, but Monty, Monty Mason and Danny Diggs does sound like a tag team from 1986. It was like Mason, the Mason, Mason Diggs and boys. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Ohio still is a four letter word, but I hear you, Shalita. <laughs> uh, totally fair. In fact, I, we've got more numbers coming in. We're at 13% election day precincts reporting. So this is it. This is when it, the, that margin starts to narrow. Uh, we're looking at. Uh, 60% for yes on uh, issue one, 40% no. But if we stay like this, like I said, if this is kind of where it stays, then those big counties in Ohio, your Cuyahogas, you know, your Clevelands, your Cincinnati's, your Columbus's, those are going to push that margin back out. But this is where the yeah. margin shrinks. So and this is, uh, this is how you get a, are passing. Yeah. 
This, yeah, this they're passing about sixty forty now, and um, uh, marijuana rights are at fifty five forty five. So if we stay in this area uh, for the rest of the night, that's actually bodes pretty well for both. And this is how you get Joe Biden to actually say the word abortion next year during the campaign, which he does is, is yeah. loath to do. Uh, uh, which is like that, like and I, marijuana. I mean, he'd be yeah. great if you talked about both, but. Joe Biden's never going to be for legalizing marijuana, dude. He's like, he's a pro cop guy from the eighties. It's just like, it's like, it's like, he's like, he remembers punching hippies, dude. So uh, <laughs> yeah, he did. Will Tyson says abortion has been legal in Ohio. Marijuana hasn't. So it makes sense. Abortion has more votes. That uh, makes hmm. sense. I thought about it that way. It's a good, it's a, it's an interesting insight. Um, the ones that changed, uh, one's the status quo, one's change. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as we, I know we've said it before a million times, Mark, it just, and for the Biden administration, it just feels like it's just such a goddamn layup. I know you just said, hey, he's ancient. He's a papa, he's pro cop, whatever. But it's like, come on, man. Like, I just don't, like, I don't see the downside of it. And, you know, (laughs) every little bit helps, you'd think. Uh, Sarah Egan Reeves says, but Frank LaRose, the Secretary of State, and the Crooked State House will still try some dirty tricks to block the amendment. Oh, yeah. You know they got something up their sleeve. Yeah. So that's kind of what the, the blue Ohio folks were opining about. Obviously, if we win tonight, you want to take that victory. You want to run down the field with it as far as you can. But, yeah, we still have a very gerrymandered state legislature here. Now, with constitutional amendments, they can't just block it. But we also have a very Republican Supreme Court, you know, that has uh, four Republicans on it. Three of them have publicly said that abortion is not a constitutional right. And they said that when we still had Roe v. Wade in effect. So sure, it, I'd be more scared of what the courts are going to do than Frank LaRose and the state legislature when it comes to the abortion amendment specifically, because that's going to be in the Constitution now going forward, as long as this all holds tonight. But yes, yeah. absolutely right. She's she's correct. They're, the Republicans are really good at pulling shenanigans there in Ohio. So uh, we just got to hope that they, you know, hopefully see the writing on the wall that this issue is here to stay. Honey Bunny uh, for you on YouTube says, let's go women. Thank you, Gen Z. Honey Bunny, is that a Pulp Fiction reference? Just rewatch that on a plane, guys. One of my favorite movies of my youth. And I hadn't seen it in mm-hmm. a few years and watched it again the other day. Movie hit so hard. That's neither here nor there. But her name's Honey Bunny. Yeah. It made me think. That, that. Uh, <laughs> the actress who played Honey Bunny, by the way, the IMDb credit is Honey Bunny. Uh, yeah. I did look it up recently for uh, a job I was on. Uh, she's been making a comeback. She was in a couple things recently. I saw she's oh, is that Amanda Plummer. Is that Amanda Plummer? I don't remember her name. Uh, yeah, look, uh, Dave Wasserman's edging up to calling it for the Virginia Senate for the Democrats. So uh, the forces of darkness and yeah, <laughs> held it bay. Also, how about that? We can say fuck off to Glenn Youngkin. Glenn Youngkin's presidential chances for a while at least. Oh so that's yeah, good. nice. Lauren Russell Panks has hit that like button, folks. Thank you, thank you, Lauren. The viewers have to remind me every week, Travis, because I literally never think to say that. Yeah, do the internet stuff. Smash that like button. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Rate and review. Five-star review. Tell your mom and them. We appreciate you watching. Uh, Thanks, Lauren. And the chat, the chat has spoken. It is Amanda Plummer. Absolutely. I was glad I was right about that. I did get one thing wrong earlier, though, and some good folks here pointed out that Adlai Stevenson and Dwight D. Eisenhower also ran against each other twice for president in 1952, 1956. So I stand corrected. My only fun fact to add to that is that Adlai Stevenson was the basis for the president and one of my favorite dark comedies ever uh dr strange strange love yeah yes where uh they made the the president merkin muffley and they were just like what if adlai stevenson had won 
and had to deal with a nuclear war. So that is the basis. Travis, when's the last time you got corrected on a presidential fact? Huh? These people are uh, tonight. Tonight was yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> they're I, up to it. I can't even remember the last time. I'll go ahead and say right now, if you guys are, you know, if you're out there in the extended SKU universe, if you listen to our other podcasts out there, specifically putting on airs, this week I'm putting on airs, Travis is going to be dishing out presidential facts left and right, talking all things American presidents this week on putting on airs. I got a bunch of questions for him, so we're going to test the limits of his knowledge. Look at that, Matt, with a damn graphic. I didn't even know he had that. He's on on top of it. Yeah. So yeah, that'll uh, be out Friday. Anyway, not enough votes in in, in Mississippi to talk about it really. Uh, did, I, I saw. Did you, know. you so it what what Presley Brandon Presley is that? Brandon, yeah, Brandon yeah, Presley. Elvis's cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. I, well, I know you're not joking because I saw he tweeted earlier. It was like. Uh, Oh, God damn it. I wish I had it in front of me. It was something like, I got my blue suede shoes on here for election night. We're going to fuck, you know, whatever, some other Elvis ref- reference. And then it was, thank you, thank you very much. He crammed like five Elvis reference. I was like, man, he's really riding that Elvis thing, which, like, of course he is. <laughs> like, and I don't blame him, but I just thought thought it was funny. It's like, I wonder what Elvis would think of that. Because, you know, he looked like a pretty standard, um, you know, white Mississippi politician. Like, he wasn't, mm-hmm. he didn't appear to be a sex machine or nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but still, you're, you're, you're saying they're not going to make a Boz Lerman movie about the governor of Mississippi? If maybe wins? not. Yeah. Quick anecdote. I think maybe the dumbest, the single dumbest thing I've ever heard a redneck dipshit say in my life. We were in Memphis. Me and Katie and the boys, her sister used to live down there. We were in Memphis and we went to this like visitor center in Memphis. We just happened to stop there because I, my toddlers needed to pee they use the bathroom and whatnot she takes them in there and in this big memphis visitor center front center as soon as you walk in huge statue of elvis presley holding a guitar looking super elvisy right i'm standing outside the bathroom waiting on them to come up and i hear this like just a caricature of a redneck dumbass right walks up with like his son he's like 13 14 year old son he stands there and he goes Who's that douchebag? <laughs> and the 14-year-old goes, I think that's Elvis, Daddy. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, <laughs> he blew a raspberry at the notion of Elvis in Memphis. Yeah. It's like I'll never forget that as long as I live, I don't think. It's like, you know, and that dude probably is, is voting tonight. Or or you know, well, he will be next year. He's presumably a Tennessee, one of my countrymen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Never underestimate uh, our capacity for idiocy in this country. Yeah, so I'm sure we'll talk about the fallout from this on Patreon episode uh, and next and next week if uh, Ohio Republicans start trying to ignore the will of voters once again. So yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Travis, sure. you got anything you want to let the people know about? Um, uh, you know me. I love plugging the old the old flicks. We got uh, American Mayor. This is about me running for mayor of my hometown. I was 24 years old. Had a white guy dreadlocks. Spoiler alert. Did not win. <laughs> but you can check it out and see how just by running, you can also change the trajectory in your hometown. And, of course, our good buddy Ed Larson, How America Killed My Mother. Uh, Trey and our buddy Drew Morgan are both a part of that movie as well. Always good to uh, promote that one because – Trump indirectly killed Ed's mom. I mean, she, Trump owned the casino where Ed's mom gambled away all her money. So the fact mm. that Trump may be the candidate again just means this movie is still relevant as ever. So 
Please check out the flicks. Beyond that, all I got is my little Ohio flag here, and I'm just going to keep waving it with pride. It's like today, Ohio is not a four-letter word. All I, right. I would have sworn that was a Puerto Rican flag until you just told yeah. me that. <laughs> That's what's so fun about it. Nobody actually. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Travis. And thank you all very quickly. Come see me live. Go to TreyCrowder.com. Check out my upcoming dates. Chicago, I'll see you on Sunday at the Den Theater. Uh, and then everywhere else after that. Check out the book, Round Here and Over Yonder, by me and Corey. And support the show on Patreon. Uh, WeeklySkews.com slash more. Go on Patreon and search for my name. $5 a month, full-length bonus episodes, a lot of fun, support the show in the process. Main thing, you keep coming back every Skews day. If you do, we will too. We'll see you in seven days. Love you, bye. Thank you.